0: They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. If you look at networking as a place to get introduced to the right people the right opportunities and the right rooms, right? That's the only way I look at networking, okay? If that's the play, then if you know specifically the industry that will become your, that or is your biggest referral partner, you never go to networking and go, hey, I need to line somebody who needs, I don't know, fucking junk removal. You know, you go and say, hey, I'm looking for people. I'm looking for your HR consultant to, you know, I'm looking for your software company that, you know, because they're selling to your end target. And if I can get across from 100 people that are selling to my end target, you're going to have some fantastic relationships and just some badass things are going to happen and great doors are going to open. I have so many conversations where people have like almost these, these talking points and it fucking drives me bonkers. So, Andy, you know that we're expanding across the U.S. Um, we got one chapter already in Canada. and We're looking to expand out that way. But Wisconsin's not a playground that we're in yet. We're looking at Detroit, and Minnesota right now as close as I can get to it. But we haven't even began penetrating Wisconsin. So talk to me. What's the ins and outs of Wisconsin? How the hell do I get there?
1: You know, Wisconsin's an interesting market, especially the Midwest in in general. I've seen a lot of businesses come in, you know, uh, like the Chicagoland market, for example. They want the biggest and best or the local guy and almost never in between. They never want the regional person or the, uh, um, what do you call it, the franchise, right, Of, of a business. And Wisconsin's interesting. We're more open to letting others come in and it's a kind of weary because it's a big small town. Like we call it a uh, small walkie. That's how we're known. It's 1.2 million people. And yet when you go places, you run into people, you know, so your word is your bond, all that kind of shit. Like we, we really care about that. Um, the challenge with the Milwaukee market is it takes a long burn before there's a, that, that established
0: trust. And, I find and- that true for across the entire Midwest though. So.
1: But yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. I'd say in the Midwest—that's what I'm saying. There's that that slow burn. However, it can be achieved. I, I saw so I've had businesses in Chicago, Minnesota. Minnesota is actually very open to new business. Like, oh, you're the new people. Come on in. We we trust you. We like you. And then maybe maybe not. This was in the Twin Cities. Um, very much very receptive to a new concept, new businesses. Chicago, not so much. Milwaukee's somewhere in between. The other challenge with Milwaukee is it's big and yet not big enough. Typically, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Detroit. You you know. Everyone thinks Chicago, like we're we're 90 minutes from Chicago. At 1.2 million, 1.5 million, depending on which counties you include, Milwaukee's not a huge metropolitan area. It's like right around 40, 45. So we don't get all the services. Like when bands come through town, they don't they they, they go from the Twin Cities to Chicago, right? Like they're almost <laughs> more likely to stop in Madison because it's a college town, whatever. Um, and so Milwaukee's a, a an overlooked market often so we appreciate when people come here however we don't want to be sold to if that if that makes sense I, I've I've had a networking group now for four years I built and developed it, here in Milwaukee and it's been a slow burn even after four years because a lot of people are like oh well, I do the chamber thing or I'm not open <laughs> right. to change really right? like, like they do the they, they run the play they've been running for 30 years because it's worked for 30 years because they're behind the times and you have, you know, like your competitors, like the B and I's come in here and, and they clean house. They do extremely
0: well. Um, because yeah, they're like, they're that's, amazing.
1: They're a recognized brand.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. What, what I continue to find interesting is, you know, like most things our best new chapters, come from people who are already members, right? So they're already into us, they love our brand, they love the way we do things. So it's a natural flow. So a lot of the things, states and things that we've broken into it's because somebody was here in Texas and they've gone to other regions. Um, but because of podcasting, I've met a lot of really cool people. And as long as they have a local network, they're pretty good at getting chapters up and, up and going. In this day and age of technology where people can do business anywhere, um, I'm finding it a lot harder to find people who have a local base that's B2B focused. Um, right? And that's that's a huge touching point for us because I'll let B&I have all the B2C people at the chambers deal with all that. Right, Give me the B2B service-based company, no products. Because now we can get a whole bunch of people that are dialed in going after the similar type of clients and similar type of companies. Um, That seems to be a lot more difficult beast to tackle if we don't have boots on the ground.
1: Yeah, the the challenge I've seen, there's there's another networking group I'm part of here based out of Milwaukee, B2B. However, they take people throughout the country internationally. And the challenge that I see in that particular market is a lot of the B2B individuals are solopreneurs. Yeah. And so they don't have a team and they, they, they have, you know, a regulated work schedule because they have to have so many billable hours. And one of two things happens, I guess three, the one, you know, and two, two of the three aren't great. Uh, The one thing is they'll, they'll completely involve themselves in the, the group, the networking group. And then all of a sudden they're spending more time in the networking group connecting and talking and, and not working. Right. So then eventually it's like, well, hold on, I'm spending way too much time over here and it's becoming more social Less actually productive. So there's that one group. Yep. Then the other group is the they go hard and fast for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they they don't do anything because they haven't seen the immediate result mm. on it, right? And then the middle section is the ones that come in, they devote the right amount of time and the right amount of effort during that time, so that's a it's a very you know even aligned relationship. And the problem with these two on the fringe is the one that spends way too much time eventually gets out out because they, they realize it's a time suck and the ones that don't spend enough time, don't see the return. And then they, they get out. And so I'm part of this group and it got to a certain membership and now it's hovering because for every member they bring in, they lose one or two, or you have the people that are, you know, I say quietly quitting, but you know, they, they, they used to spend three or four hours a week in this group in, in different capacity. And now maybe it's, you know, three or four hours a month or 30 minutes a week, if that, um, because there's different things throughout the week that people can participate in. And that's a challenge. And, and this is one that is geographically based here in Milwaukee. However, the in-person is only once a year. So now all of a sudden, the people that are local don't feel like they have their own. Yep. There's, no, there's no point in being local. Yep. And because it's all B2B, a lot of the B2B services, it's marketing, it's copywriting, it's you know legal, it's coaching. Anybody can sell to anybody. So the local feel, like, doesn't matter.
0: This is why we've – I'm curious if this will play out because this is why we have focused on not – especially in the DFW market. You come here and – You'd be hard pressed to find a copywriter in one of our chapters. Um, you might, you'll find a website person like that, but you're going to find your uh, commercial insurance. You're going to find your software development companies. You're going to find your uh, benefits and PEO companies. You're going to find people, and and it's a lot more salespeople versus the business owners. Mm-hmm. Because they're proactively out actually selling. And we changed a philosophy around networking because everybody networks for referrals. And I think that's the dumbest thing on the planet because I'm just a firm believer that referrals should come from your clients, not your fucking network. Um, and so it's all about opening doors.
1: Correct. the vernacular changed there. Uh, a gentleman, uh, Michael Creed, um, he's a B2C guy. However, he is the king of B2B introductions. And he changed that vernacular in my language about three years ago. He 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 sells um uh, home loans, right? And you think home loans a home loan's a home loan. No, he spends so much time and energy on B2B introductions. He puts on uh different events, he has a a monthly lunch he hosts in person, he does a, a wisdom Wednesday, things every other Wednesday at night, brings in a speaker, brings in 15-20 people completely free of charge. It's all B2B and B2C. Uh, salespeople and owners, and he comes in and teaches them a lesson, and and now he is the guy where it's like, oh yeah, he's right. In marketing, the goal is to be the only choice. He is the only choice when it comes yep. to home loans, and he's still putting the work in at the chamber. He realizes that it's not this end all be all, right? Because the chamber is again is a B to B to C play. He wants to get in with all the other people that are doing things within business. And so what he always talks about is he never looks for referrals. Yesterday, he sent me an email with two other people. It was real simple. Hey, I want to get in contact with this person. I see that you're connected with her on LinkedIn. What can you do for me? Simple. And now I didn't know the person well enough to make the introduction. And I replied, "All nope, I don't know them well enough where I feel right confident that they're going to take my call necessarily. Um, and yet somebody else did. And she's like, the other woman was like, "Yeah, I can introduce you, introduce you to her." And he immediately emailed back, "Hey, thank you everybody for your help. Right? I didn't do anything. All I did was reply right. an email and say, hey, I, I screwed.' But he and he also kept everyone's on reply so everyone knows. So now, now just by doing that, I now have two more people that he kind of introduced me to, right. introducing me to them, right? And and one of them I already knew. And then of course I like emailed back, like, "Oh, hey, I'm so glad you know her and you could help out Michael. So now I'm having a conversation." with somebody else because he didn't do these sly, like, Hey, what do you know? Who do you know? Right. He was very specific in his ask. I want this person. I see you're connected. Yes or no. And if, and also there's that, Hey, if not, um, one thing I learned uh, two weeks ago, we did a young gun summit, Brandon Fong, amazing young, a young man. He's like under 30. So I guess that to me is young, um, wicked smart. He, he talked about in his keynote, Um, a study they did when it came to asking for donations and it was in person. It was over the phone. It was emails. It was text messages, um, asking for donations. And they tried all these different strategies in one strategy across all the medium, double donations. And the one strategy was so simple. And it's like, well, I don't understand how that works. You you do the pitch. And at the very end, you say something, the effect of, Hey, this is completely up to you. No pressure. Yes or no. Kind of thing, because what you're doing now, they noticed that donations doubled when they put that last line in, because what they did is they gave people permission to either say no way to say no. And what they also did there is they didn't they didn't sound desperate, but they yep. also were very logical. Hey, we need this for the organization to continue. Right. They did the whole pitch. And the only thing that was different was the last line there. Right. And also made sure and said, hey, it's completely up to you whether or not you support our cause. You know, thank you. Thank you for the time. Everything else. Uh, and then a yes or no. And donations doubled. So now with someone like Michael Creed, he's like, okay, I'm going to make the introduction. I'm going to make it where it's no pressure. And I'm going to introduce people while I'm doing it. And he was very intentional. He said exactly why he wanted us. He, he was looking for a loan officer and he wanted an introduction. So he's not looking for close of business. He's looking, he's also using it as a recruiting tool to bring in really good loan officers to his organization. So, it is, a, it is a future revenue generating play and he's playing the long game.
0: Hey, Donnie Bobine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com. And I look forward to seeing you there. God, I love this because we—it's we, a similar concept that I have. So what I tell everybody is, if you look at networking as a place to get introduced to the right people, the right opportunities, and the right rooms, right—that's that's yep. the only way I look at networking. Okay, if that's the play, then if you know specifically the industry that will become your that or is your biggest referral partner. You never go to networking and go, hey, I need to line somebody who needs, I don't know, fucking junk removal. You you go and say, hey, I'm looking for people. I'm looking for your HR consultant to you know. I'm looking for your software company that you know because they're selling to your end target. And if I can get across from 100 people that are selling to my end target, you're going to have some fantastic relationships and just some badass things are going to happen and great doors are going to open.
1: Yeah, when I when I first started, I was like, hey, introduce me to anybody and everybody, and I'll introduce you to people. And it was like this very vague thing. And what I realized over time is generally speaking, when you're in networking, people want to leave with an action. They want to provide value. The best people want to give before they they ask. And so when you're specific in what your ask is, like um, Michael Creed, I'll use him like three weeks ago, I saw him in a networking event, I said, hey, um who do you know that's in property management? I want to get in with some property managers. I know he's involved in property management because he does loans and right. So he's on that side of the house. Hey, who are the best three property managers? Make it simple, right? Three, because of the three, one of them is going to, you know, I don't want 10 and I only know I don't want one. So I said, hey, can you introduce me to three property managers in this area that that do commercial and residential? And so now he's like, okay, it's not like, hey, open up your whole Rolodex. Don't open up your 10,000 connections on LinkedIn. I'm looking at these three specific people can you make those introductions for me? And through the years, I've earned the right to ask that question because I've, I've followed through. I've seen him at events. I've hosted him at my events. He spoke at my events. I've spoke at his events. I, and actually, when I went to go get a home loan for my house, he was the first person I called. Now, because I'm an entrepreneur, I didn't get a home loan because they don't like the way my taxes look, right? <laughs> and, I, and I figured, right? And so I got to fault him for that. Uh, it's what I would, I, I figured it out. Um so it's funny. I know you've gone down somewhere similar path mm. where your money is just all commingled and whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's the, He was the first guy I called. And when he couldn't get me a loan then, he introduced me to somebody else that yeah. might be able to give me a loan that's a competitor of, hers, of his that does a different thing. So I don't go in day one to a networking event like, hey, Donnie, hey, we just met 12 seconds ago. Uh, you're not my ideal client. Can you please open up your roll decks to me. No. you, you got to <laughs> put the work in, like you and I. You and I have known each other for a couple of years, I'd say. Yeah. On yeah. LinkedIn, we've kind of we've done the dance, and then I asked you, "Hey, I would love to have you on our podcast to provide value to our listeners." Yep. I wasn't like, "Hey, Diane, let me tell you why you and your audience need me on your podcast." No, right. It was, "Hey, what can I do for you first? And then it, it's as I read about this in my book, right? It's about giving without expectation of receiving. When you start. Putting strings on things. When you start saying, "Well, I'm gonna, I'll make you three introductions if you make three introductions," and that's the issue I have with the the B and I's and the referral hand your little slip, right? Because it's a more of a pressured thing. And now it's transactional. I don't want it to be transactional. I want to transcend that. I want my relationships and business to be as strong, if not stronger, than my social relationships. Because chances are, I'm going to see these people more often. I have more in common with them. And I'm, and, and my success is tied to their success. Yeah, I, I, I got a buddy, my buddy Tyler. He's got a job. Right, I play coach cards with Tyler. I travel with Tyler. He's my, for all intents and purposes, my best friend. He goes to work every day, and I, I come, come to my company every day. Our, our success is not tied to each other because what he does is completely different yeah. than what I do. And so, yeah, we're good buddies. It's, it's not this really, really deep seated relationship because we don't have a shared goal vision uh uh tied to our finances and business is personal as much as you don't want it to be uh, it agree. is personal you got to let your personality shine through you got to be willing and able and vulnerable to meet people get to know them on a on a, on a deeper level i'm going to go back to michael creek cuz he's a great example every tuesday afternoon i get an email from michael creek cuz everybody does and it's the, it's the, the tuesday vitamin of the mind and he talks about something he learned in the last 7 days gives us a nugget it's a two minute read at most. Every Thursday, I see him post on Facebook, date night with his wife. Every Thursday for years, he has known he does not miss his Thursday night date night with his wife, right? Completely personal. And then on Saturday morning, he sends me a market update. Every Saturday, he says, this is what happened in the real estate market, right? So now he's giving me knowledge. He's let me into his personal life. And then he teaches me something about what he does for a living. So these are three things that I, I can set my watch to his vitamin of the mind Tuesday. If I don't get it by 10 PM on Tuesday, I'm like, Oh, what's going on with Michael Creed? Where, where, what yeah. happened to him? Right. It's consistent. And sometimes it comes out at 11:59, and it comes out every Tuesday. So it's about that yeah. consistency over time, give value. And then when you ask for introductions, people, it's like um, five love languages, the book it talks about your emotional uh, uh, tank. It's no different than networking relationships. You have to make deposit and deposit and deposit into other people in their businesses before you can start making withdrawals.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm glad you finally said withdrawals that was the one part I was going to hurt by. Like, you can put all the deposits in you want in the world, but if you never take, you're going to get taken advantage of, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: you're just you're, you know you are. You are. Oh, he's a really nice guy. He's a
0: he's a, a great guy. He's swell. It's like. No, yeah, gotta... we, we call it the mother Teresa syndrome. Yeah. Right. You take care of everybody and never take care of yourself.
1: M- murder, murders get slain, not paid. Yes. You're a business baby. Right. I, I heard this years ago and it irritated me and I sat with it. And it's so true. If your number one goal in your business isn't to make money, you have a hobby, not a business.
0: I agree. The number I...
1: one goal is to make money. And, uh, um, Josh Delaney went to high school with him. Really, really successful guy. And, uh, he did supplements. Now he's in CBD, whatever. He just, he looked at me, he's done very well for himself and he's hired me to work on his house and, and his business. So that's nice. Right. He, he hires me and he looked at me one time and he goes, here's the deal, man. I love giving back. And the more fucking money I make, you the make more back. I can fucking give back. And he said, just like that. And I'm like, wow, it was like, it was like a juxtaposition. It's like, yeah, I'm going to sell the shit out of this stuff. I'm going to have high fucking margins. The, the harder I go day in and day out of my business, the more philanthropic I can be. The challenge is I've seen this in nonprofits. I've seen this in sole proprietors, right? They are so, I want to give, give, give.
0: They had to save the world complex.
1: Dude, you got to fucking make it first. Yep. You can't donate your time. Cause here's the deal. When you're down and out, there's not the time to start asking for other people, asking for, sh- for shit from other people. And that's what you often see. I-, I got a text message earlier today. Um, a woman i was in the army with and she's like hey my boyfriend's gym like if he doesn't get more clients he's gonna be closed by the end of the year i've never been to his gym i met this guy half a dozen times i'm uh, at social things i've never seen him out networking yeah. I, he, I never see him post on social media about his business or his personal it's like he didn't put the work in and now all of a sudden his gym's going to shit and now you're asking me if I, if if i can sponsor something it's like Dude, you haven't you you haven't done it either way. You haven't made deposits, nor have you taken withdrawals, and now you want to make a withdrawal when your bank counts at seventeen cents, that, right. Uh, right? Maybe I'll give you a text back. Maybe I'll give you a shout out on Facebook, like because th- that's the investment we've made with each other. And I don't, I don't have any beef with the guy. I don't even know him. How much you know?
0: You, you, you don't wish him any ill will. No. Right?
1: I, I want yeah. him yeah. to succeed? However, I've never I've never been invited to his gym. Right? Like, invite me to your gym, man. Like, I'm not going to invest. I do it
0: all the time. That shit drives me nuts. It's like, if if I'm in that guy's shoes, the first thing I do is go, okay, who are the local influencers? Who's got the network? I'm going to reach out to every one of those motherfuckers and go, dude, bring your ass to my gym. I will give you a free fucking membership if you'll work out here and post that shit on social.
1: Actually, the gym I go to, I, I, we'll talk, let we'll talk about the gym. I'm a non-working out motherfucker. Unless 10. the army, <laughs> unless the army has paid me, I have not been in a healthy workout regiment, Right? Whether it's basic AIT schools, uh, Iraq, because I had a squad there to kick my ass, get more because I got fat, uh, and I started working out. Like those are the only times in my life where I've been very consistent about working out because I got to pass that PT test every six months. Uh, and fit in my unit, right. it's never an issue. I don't want to, I don't want to be a 60, 60, 60 guy. Fine. So in the civilian world, I've done it. I've done the work on your own. I've done the 24 hour fitness thing. I've done the, get a trainer that screams at you. I've done the go to the nice gym that has the sauna in the pool and all the amenities. And all I did is play basketball. So I've done all these things. Um, and I've also, and finally, it was about a year ago. I met a woman at a networking event and she's like, Hey, we do two free sessions. It's an hour for your first session, about a half hour for your next one. We'll do a complete diagnostic of where you're at, We we'll talk about where you want to be, and then we'll see if you're a good fit for us. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> hey, <laughs> she took it was, away. I love that. Right, first of all, you said my favorite fur word, Lord, free. All right. You, hold <laughs> on. You got some free shit. And then you're going to add an element of scarcity to see if I'm a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a good fit for you.
0: Right? <laughs> she, did, she literally just said, give me your fucking man card. I'm going to hold that bitch for a little right. while. <laughs>
1: And then I go there and the way that the gym is designed, it's exercise coach. I'll fucking give a shout out, exercise coach. I went there and it worked so well for me because I'm not a big guy and, and I am historically like if I go to the gym to sling weights, I'm all using momentum. I'm doing it completely wrong because I don't want to look like a bitch to someone next to me, right? That's that's that is that is right. This is the inner wounded inner child within Andy feeling like he's not good enough. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm 6'4, 225. And I, and I don't want anybody showing me up, right? And and, and so I'm going to overdo it, hurt myself, and not come back the next day. That is my standard gym protocol. So I go there, and I get on these machines, and it's 90 seconds. It's eight reps, typically. And it's all, it's all a computer screen. And because it's a, re, a, a resistance machine, nobody has any idea how much weight you are or are not pushing, right? So now there's zero chance around me. The only person that sees it is the trainer. And the trainer isn't like push harder. The trainer is only correcting form because the trainer knows that over time, when you correct form, the weight comes. And so after the first two sessions, then they're like, okay, w- you know, what, would you like to sign up for 20 more? And I was like, yeah, I just had a really good time. It was free. You gave me all the value in the world. You t- you understood where I was at, right? We talked about, we spent a half an hour talking about my goals, and my BMI and all this shit. And then it's like either these machines apply or they don't. And then also it's pre-packaged. It works for me. They're like, hey, you're a busy, busy, uh, I hate the word busy, but your your, your your time is valuable. Let's say that. This is two, you know, 20 minutes two times a week. Are you willing to commit? And I'm like, Yeah. And they got me and they sold me 20 workouts, so now I'm committed to 20. I went to the 20 and then I signed up for another 50. Uh I, I just hit 80 workouts in the last year. I've never done 80 workouts in a 52 week calendar ever, and that's with traveling. So I'm like, basically every week I was home, I hit the gym twice, and I've seen my progress pick up over time. That's yeah. the other thing. Let's talk about networking, and this is this is what sustains you. You gotta track your metrics. 100. If, if if you I, at one point I was in 14 chambers. Pre-pandemic, I was in 14 chambers or business alliances or
0: business groups across world. I can guarantee you were in that many because you weren't tracking. So you had no fucking clue what was working and what wasn't. That's the only reason you do that much shit.
1: And then the magical thing happened called the pandemic. And I look back at all the relationships and sales. I'm like, wow, one-third of these networking events or groups were awesome. They filled me up. I I did well financially and personally. One-third were social. I did well personally, if not financially, maybe I learned a few things, right? It was like, eh, it's the okay. Sometimes it worked, it worked out. And one third were a complete waste of my time. And some of them I did because I felt it was philanthropic. I was trying to help somebody. Uh, no. The pandemic hit, and now I'm in like three networking groups. And when I'm when I'm looking at new ones, like I'm looking to join another one, or you and I have talked about uh, whether I'd be part of a, a chapter here in Wisconsin at some point. It's like now I know what questions to ask on the front end. Of the organization and myself to see if it's a good fit, and that's where it comes down. It's got to be a good fit. At first, I would do the classic: say yes to everybody, go for ninety days, realize it wasn't a good fit, and then like stop showing up. Then you get that awkward email, like you know, two months later, hey, we haven't seen you in a while, and you're like, uh, yeah, your networking group sucks. Versus saying, hey, let me test it out for a month. Um, I went to this one last week. I walked in and people like genuinely like, oh, hey, you're a new face. Like I wanted to introduce you to this person. I want you to meet that person. And I knew some people in the room. And then I get an email a week later. Hey, who did you meet? How good was the time? And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is a no brainer to join this one because they're already doing it. They're already showing me value and they valued my time.
0: So I'm I'm fascinated by this. I'm I'm curious how a guy like you validates a group is worth their time. Because I have some very specific parameters. Like if I walk in and there's this particular person in the room, I judge the entire thing and I'm out.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, if they're correct, there is some no shit. I'm leaving if this happens. Right. So here, and it's interesting you bring that up. That is number one thing. You are the company you keep. I went to a Rotary Club a year ago, ish. And I walked in and my arch nemesis was there. And so that was like, I'm done. If that person, if this is his room, I respect that. I respect that the other people in this room associate with someone like that. Not a good fit for me. And I call my arch nemesis um, because we were in some networking groups together and he was trying to be like me and also mm. undercut me. And I'm like, and there were a couple of groups that he came into that I was already part of. And then. I stuck it out and he went away. So, yeah, if I see somebody of low moral character that's yep. not a good fit for me, you are the company you keep. That tells me that there's a percentage of people within that room that consider to him to be a worthy person. I'm, I'm out. Done. Second thing for me, political affiliation. I, I, I do not get involved with the politically affiliated groups. And this goes both ways. I yep. went into this group called IBAW. It was the the, the the most right-leaning, whitest room I've ever been in, and um, they had a speaker come up. I, I didn't disagree with the speaker. I saw some good points. I had a really good time. There's a lot of people in the room that I knew and I liked. Me, um, I, I, I don't want to wow. be affiliated. I, I don't want to be affiliated where then somebody on the other side of the aisle can say – Oh, you go to that, so therefore we're disqualifying you, right? Because I don't like to be put in boxes, and so I'm a libertarian. I definitely lean right on um, some policies for for, uh, foreign aid, foreign affairs, uh, fiscal responsibility, all right, socially left, right? Uh, Let people get married and smoke weed. Fine, whatever, right? So it's like – Right, and 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 the, the challenge is when people are a- aligned in political affiliation is their first thing that binds them. One of the first things they often do is then they put everybody else they ever meet in a box. Yes, and I'm on a I'm not a box, motherfucker. Right. Yep. So, and, and again, it goes both ways. And here's the deal: I went to the event. I didn't. I had no clue how politically aligned it was. I had a good time. I met some people. We had some lunch. It was at a very nice uh, club like a, you know, exclusive club downtown. So it's like all the frills. And then when I left, I said, hey, I said, it's, um, I said the political alignment here isn't a good fit for me. And and so I I like a group. I I, I would look forward to meeting some of these people individually. However, I don't want to be associated with this group. And they're like, well, how do you vote? I'm like, it doesn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, As soon as you say that, now you know why I'm not a
0: part of it. Right. And and here's the deal, right?
1: I did vote for Trump in the last election, right? Because I'll, I'll take an asshole over, well, I'm still in the army, so I won't. Um, I'll take I'll take an asshole over the, the other option. We'll leave it at that because I'm still.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't get your ass <laughs> fucking canceled,
1: right? <laughs> there you go. Fine, uh, Casey uh, on our Trash Talk Business podcast. He gets political, and I always have to sit there because I, I sign an oath, I raise my right hand, nice. right, and, and loyalty, right, to the the, the, the commander right. in chief. Are you ever writing
0: Casey notes and just slide him across the desk and be like, say this next? I can't say this. Will you say this no, next? No, no, <laughs>
1: he uh, he has worn his Let's Go Brandon T-shirt more than once.
0: Oh Jesus! Uh, uh,
1: the <laughs> podcast. And then I will say nice T-shirt or something, um, right.
0: and, then, and then that's it, right? But so, this is why this is why I don't get into it because yeah. you know, I, look, I'm a sales guy first for yeah. me,
1: yeah,
0: right. Yeah. And and to sell, you've got to find a common bond. And if, and, and if you if you're a political affiliations or your religious affiliations, your world lose, you know, outlook, all those type of things, if they get put on the table, you're to automatically getting disqualified before you even get a fair fucking shot, right? Yeah, there you go.
1: And, and, and so I heard this from a uh, uh, this woman, Carol White, Brookfield Chamber. I, I was – that's the other thing. I constantly give credit where credit is You're good is at due. it, dude.
0: You, you're because, good at
1: it. Because it shows, a, it shows, A, credibility from my end that I actually know these people and there's a story behind it, and, B, it's like, hey, here's one, one more introduction for somebody else, right? Carol White, she's the uh, greater Brookfield Chamber of Commerce here in, in um, the Brookfield-Milwaukee area. Anyways, her and I were talking one time. I got kicked out of a chamber, Um And we'll talk about that here in a second. However, I talked to her about getting kicked out of another chamber because I'm like, hey, what is the protocol here? She's like, Andy, uh, what political party am I? I don't know. She goes, how do I vote? She goes, I don't know. She goes, exactly. She goes, I'm an executive director of a chamber. I don't have the luxury of being aligned politically because I have to be inclusive for everybody. And as soon as I show favoritism anywhere, then 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 it's negative. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And same with chambers. I've often asked, like, hey, can you send me, I'll go to a chamber, hey, can you send me your best five of this? And they'll they'll say, we can tell you everybody that does what you do. We cannot give a recommendation because it shows for As they should be. Right. As they should be. Yeah, that's another, hold on. That's another way to evaluate. Ask questions that are borderline or maybe like immorally legal, unethical, and see how people respond. And if people respond, well, we're not supposed to do this, and I'm going to do it anyways. That tells you something. Absolutely. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. It tells you something. Let me touch on getting kicked out of a chamber. I got kicked out of the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce because I expressed concerns about membership, people that were leaving and people that were choosing not to sign up, um, because the executive director was politically aligned with Bloomberg at the time. This was in the beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic. I got kicked out of the chamber. There was no bylaws of getting kicked out. He never returned my text message, phone call, or email and told me that I'd be escorted out by security if I came to an event. I put up a video maybe a year ago. Actually, it was November last year. A clip of me saying that on, on the Trash Talk Business podcast. And somebody else from the chamber reached out to me and was like, hey, why are you spewing this? Well, I use the word spewing. I'm, like, well, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm not feeling, I'm
0: just telling, it's, the, it's, telling the truth. <laughs>
1: I was like, well, it, it, these are the facts, right? I got kicked out of the chamber. They never told me why. Da, 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 right. And he goes, oh, well, let me look into it. And then he, he, he reached out back to me. Like, we had a conversation, like like adults, right? We're both vets. And we had a conversation on a Monday morning. Um, great conversation. And he's like, let me get back to you. So, like, three months later, he gets back to me. He's like, hey, I found out why you were kicked out. All right. Sounds good. What What's the, what's the story? And basically, it was a, a lack of allegiance, if you will to the executive director. I questioned his decision-making. I questioned his politics. And, and I was like, okay, I was like, does that get you kicked out of a chamber? And of course he took the, well, it shouldn't kind of answer. Right. Fine. Um, I respect the fact that he, he investigated it. Here's the deal. I wear the fact that I get kicked out of a chamber, like a badge of honor because I stood up what was best for me personally. And I took the ramifications of it and I didn't cower. No, at first I felt real stupid. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what did I do? And then I reached out to a couple of my mentors and other people that I that knew me well. And they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. That guy stepped down as the executive director. I got like 15 text messages, phone calls, and emails the day of it happened. Because they're like, hey, you should get back in the chamber now. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, y'all, good. three and a half years, y'all didn't have my back. And now because one person's removed, like the culture of the chamber is already tainted. Yeah. Like you got a room and here's the deal: it's the Wisconsin Veterans Chamber of Commerce. In 2018, I was the member of the year. Like,
0: <laughs> see, and that's what people don't get. And this is for me. This is this is why I I, I don't like these affiliations of any sort. Um, one, I don't do shit in the veteran space um, by choice. Um, you know, but. Yep. Uh, and I'll, 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 I want to touch on that second because I, I had a great conversation with Zach Knight down in Atlanta, Georgia about this. But, you know, it's it's once you get tainted by that affiliation, there's no coming back from it. Right. There's no forgiveness. There's no chance to be able to say, hey, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been a part of it. If you, you've actually fucked up. Nobody gives a shit. You're already affiliated. You're put in that box. So. No. I just avoid the box altogether. But I want to talk about the the veteran side of thing really, really quick. Yeah. So I have this huge stance, man. I don't work with veterans because, look, let's be honest, we were all white trash, freaking from the fucking poor side of the fucking track, and very few of us actually get after life and do something with our fucking life, right? Yeah. And and so this is why I avoid it. I was talking to Zach Knight down in Atlanta, Georgia. This motherfucker challenged the shit out of me. And it's the first time anybody got me to look at it from a different perspective. He said, Donnie, you're so focused on the 95% of fucking veterans that aren't going to do anything about their lives. Mm -hmm. What about the 5% that are fucking getting after it? Why don't you find them motherfuckers and do something with them? And I went, fuck, I've never looked at it that way of the people that achieve side of things. But truth be told, the reason I haven't done the veteran side of things, man, is they can't even lace up their own fucking boots. I can't do it for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and so again, I'm not one of those that's like, I, I
1: don't avoid them. However, through the veterans Chamber, it's, it's interesting you say 95 and five through the veterans Tra- chamber. There's like 300, 400 members. There's yeah, 15, 20 where I'm like, those are those are rock solid individuals. Yeah. And those people I still affiliate with. Now I met them through the chamber. However, once I realized who they were, and we met each other. Now, we we do our own thing on the yep. side and we have been for years we still take care of each other and so the veterans chamber was a way for me to take the that you know 100% population and distill it down to the 5% of people that really matter and so it was a it was a catalyst that's that's the I want to touch on that chambers are a, a part of the your, your funnel, they're a part of the sales plan, their sales process, you still have an obligation to distill down who is it you want to do business with. So yeah, like in-person networking, for example, we talked about when you walk in a room, what are some right automatic no-goes and, and other things, right? So these, here are some strategies I use to evaluate the room. And I'll use this because prime example, a week and a half ago, I went to a room that I – I had never been in By I had never been in. I mean, I never gone to an event for this particular group. So I walked in and right. I always, I don't always, I, I, I have pretty much the same plan. I wear the same uniform and I call it my uniform, right? It's my camel pants, work boots, t-shirt, ball cap. I know who the fuck I am. It was awkward for the first year. Now it's my brand. It's who I am. And honestly, it's the, the, the uniform that I am most confident in. I'm like, this is who I am. Take it or leave. Fine. I walk in, I go to the registration desk. I see, do they know who I am or not? Because especially when they're trying to recruit new members, it's important that they know who their guests are and they go out of their way to say, oh, hey, you know, Andy, so good to see you, right? And I'm pretty simple to, to point out in a the crowd. They did. I walked in. Hey, Andy, oh, yeah, we have you registered. You're all set. Second thing, I don't take a name tag. Never take a name never. tag. Yeah, I, I, like... I, right? So I, I made a rule 20 years ago when I worked at Best Buy. I said, I never want to work a job where I have to wear a name tag. Yep. Okay, and there's a couple of reasons behind that. A, it's a crutch. It allows the fucking business card pushers to come up to you and be like, hey Andy, uh, are we yep. connected on the thing with the stuff? And uh no, right? I don't want to make it I don't wanna make it um, simpler for the person that doesn't know me to come approach me. Other thing, it forces me now to go out and have conversations with people. Like right? now I have to introduce myself as a person, not as just another name or number. Third thing, and this is what I do. After I don't get my name tag, I, you know, there's three ways to network, right? You either are a wall person, you kind of walk around the walls and kind of watch the room, right? You are a stand in one spot and see what happens person, or you are the, you know, penetrator, introduced people, right? And I, my strategy is almost always the same. I walk the whole room, kind of see who's there. I get my drink, I make a point, get a drink, go to the bathroom, do something where it's intentional, where I want to be seen and not heard. Second thing I do is I stop. I'll find a spot and I'll stop and I'll wait. There's not 10 seconds, 10 minutes. There's no prescribing around time. I wait until someone sees me. They give me a head nod. They give me, hey, come over here and meet this person. Or they come up to me and say, hey, this is who I am and what I do. And from there, that's how I evaluate the room. I went to a networking group years ago, Neri. Uh, here in Milwaukee, and I, I and now full transparency, I am a member. However, this very first event I went to, I stood there for a 15 minutes, and no one came up and talked to me. And at the time, I was wearing a name badge because uh, they required it, and it had a green sticker that said "Prospect," you know, prospective member,
0: <laughs> like, like a billboard that you know the guy you should be walking up to, right?
1: And now I did know people in that room, but my goal wasn't to further know people I knew in the room. My goal was to meet new people, and no new people wanted to meet me. So that told me that this group is very clicky and I got to go in there and kiss the fucking ring. I wasn't interested. So they came back around like two years later, they got a new president, new executive director. And they reached out. They're like, Hey, we saw you, you know, that, that standard generic email. They're like, Hey, we saw you came to a couple events a few years ago and never joined. Like, you know, would you reconsider blah, blah, blah. You know, wh- what were your reservations? And I was like, you guys are clicky and treating me like shit. Like that was my email back because I'm right. Cause you finally asked. Yeah. The, day that I, the day that I left that event, after I stood there for 15 minutes, I got me some crudery, some cheese and crackers and I wouldn't play volleyball, I remember, because I'm like, I had a finite amount of time, and nothing happened in that amount of time, I'm the fuck out. I left, I put my badge in the little bucket, no one said shit to me. Hey, how was it? Da, da, da. There was no follow-up. So this time around, when they I told them, yeah, this is what happened, y'all were clicky, y'all, whatever. Next time I go there, I walked in. Everything they did wrong the first time, they did right the second time. Hey, Andy, good to see you. Let me introduce you to that person. Oh, hey, let me bring the president over. Let me bring the executive director over. Hey, Andy, who in this room do you want us to introduce you to? They basically, they gave me 57 questions of why wouldn't you join this chamber? And at the very end, they even asked that. Okay, now that we've corrected the errors of our ways, acknowledged them, what what stopped you from joining the chamber? I said, nothing. Y'all did all the things I need you to do, and you're receptive, versus the chamber that says, well you got to figure it out on your own no you join a chamber you pay like it's money versus time I will give you money to reduce the amount of time it takes for me to introduce, get introduced to people that's that's as simple as it is because otherwise the, the alternative is I don't give you money and I go on to LinkedIn or bust out the white pages yellow pages and I start you know dialing for dollars I'd rather just give you the money and have the right people in the room
0: so two things i want to jump in here on one there's another way to work a room that i would challenge you to try i like your philosophy though making them come to you yeah. um but i go into the bar get the drink i'll make the walk yeah. but then i'm looking for you the guy that's sitting on the wall by him fuck himself oh, yeah. and that's the guy i'm gonna fucking beeline for yeah. because two things i know usually the motherfucker that's wall hugging Knows they need to be networking. They know they need to be in that crowd. They just can't figure out how to pull themselves off the fucking wall. So I'm going to go get them, (laughs) introduce my fucking self, figure out who they meet, and then I'm going to take them to the crowd. And here's what I tell you both those wall huggers, they're business owners and decision makers. They're only there because they're trying to do this and don't know how. You go rescue them and you're going to find some amazing clients out of it.
1: They are not, I will agree 100%, not natural salespeople. Yep. And so let me go to step above. This is what you need to do before you even walk in that room. You need to give people permission and a reason to come up to you. And the way you do that is through social media. A lot of people put this social media is marketing and and, and networking is sales. Your website, your company shit, yeah, that's that's marketing. The stuff you put on LinkedIn, Facebook, your own personal thoughts and feelings and experiences, that is all sales because 100%. that's a, people relate to you. So when I talk about when I this room in particular, I walked in, right? Three or four people greeted me as I walked up because they recognized me, right? I got my badge. I got my drink. I went and stood. To your point, I want to see who's got the balls to come to me and what they're going to do for me. And the reason I've earned that, because that is not the way I started in networking. I was 100% the wall hugger, right? waiting for permission to go talk to people now when I stand what I've done what I what I'm doing is hey I'm 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 the flagpole I'm raising high I'm 64 225 you can't miss me right the other thing is people see me and then people come up often and say hey I got your blog I saw that post on LinkedIn I watched that video on Facebook I want to talk more about that I've put in the work day in and day out so people have permission and a topic to talk to me about and then it also evaluates who they are as a person, to, how do they respond to that thing? And once you get the one person to come up with you and you start having this real conversation, I almost never talk about junk removal unless it is a specific project. There's no reason for me to talk about junk removal. I'm that, there that is, that to is a 100%, people. 100%. That look, is my rule. Look at my content. My content isn't like, hey, everybody, come on down to Camel Crew because we'll haul your junk. One call, that's all, whatever. Right? Like, right? Now, if I'm shooting very specific promotional stuff for the company, absolutely, right? Got clutter? Call the crew. And I say it like that. I'm the business owner. I love doing that content. That's not what you see on LinkedIn and Facebook. What you see is, hey, I'm a business owner figuring shit out along the way. This is what I, this is what I fucked up yesterday. This is what I learned today. And, and now you're relatable. And so because I put the work in on LinkedIn, I've earned the right to go stand in that room and I've given people a topic and permission to come to me. That event I went to the other day, I stood there, one minute tops, next 90 minutes, like 15 introductions to new people I never met. I had 15, 20 really, really good conversations. I got reintroduced to people I haven't seen before. And then, and then again, volleyball, because that's my life uh, in a good way. Uh, at, right before I left for volleyball, I, I, the clock's ticking in my head, and I go back to every single person I met and go talk to them again. Because that to me is the three touches. Someone else introduced me, touch one. We had a conversation, touch two. Thank them for their time, touch three. And then and then you sit back, right? So let's say of those 15 people, right, what are the actionable items? And along the way, I also, um, my goal is to leave with three actionable items every time, three to five, no more than five, because then there's not more than five people I want to introduce. I left that with four lunches. So I had four lunches, right? And once, and and, and there were the, with people like one's a business owner, uh, one's a realtor, uh, one's a mortgage person, uh, and I can't recall the fourth. One. Oh, photographer. Fourth one's a photographer, right? So it's like, yeah, some of these are higher tickets that are a higher value than others. But the photographer, she's in a market I'm not in, but not in. So I'm not going to talk about photography. I'm not going to talk about junk room. I'm going to talk about what networking groups in your area do I need to be affiliated with or not affiliated with? Who do you know in your area that I don't know? Right. right? So I have four lunches. And also, this is the other thing. I keep it simple. Every day, 11 a.m. Actually, today, no, because I'm, we're doing this and I have a 1230. Uh, every day, 11 a.m., I talk about giving first, right? I invite them into my building. I show them our warehouse. I provided them value. I teach them a lot recycling, things I'm passionate about. And then I take them over for lunch. I must always buy the lunch. because I figure if you drive for me, I'll I'll buy lunch for you. At the end of it is a systematic and thorough approach to to one-on-ones. I don't want to do the bullshit coffee. I don't want to go to a Starbucks where it's loud. I got to eat lunch every day, right? And because I've given you a tour of my building, I'm also not touring. I'm not teaching you junk removal, what we get paid for. I'm teaching you the back end. And a lot of people are interested in that. Hey, what happens with the stuff, right? Where's the sausage made? So I'm giving that away for free. And then I'm buying you lunch. Most people afterwards are like, hey, you you, you you, tour information, you open yourself up mentally, emotionally, physically for me, and you, and you fed me. What can I do for you now? Yep. And now, right, if I go to lunch, uh, I schedule them for 60 minutes. If someone's trying to sell to me, I sell it, schedule it for 60 minutes. If I want to sell to them, I schedule it for 90 minutes. There you <laughs> go. Tr- trick of the trade.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I don't ask for anything until we're at 55 minutes. Right? Ninety-five percent of the interaction has gone along. And it's like the bill comes, and that there's a whole I, I have a whole science behind I do the lunch with the bill and the ordering, whatever. Anyways, when the bill comes, one of us pays for the bill. At that point, I'll ask. That's the first time I'll ask of anything of them if they haven't already offered. And I'd say 75% of the time, we've done nothing transactionally up until that point. It has been pure get to know each other. And this was a mind for me. Because when I first started doing one-on-ones, I was like, oh, you have to go meet people. I'm like, why? Unless looks like I shit in their basement. I don't need to meet them, right? And I had this very <laughs> short-term mindset. And it's like, no, you got to meet everybody. You don't know what doors. Um, my girlfriend, Carolyn, she asked a while back. She goes, do you want to measure ROI on lunch? I go, yeah. Well, not every lunch. I can tell you this, though. There's a guy that reached out to me on LinkedIn. He wanted me to get involved in this veteran sailing thing. I said, yeah, let's tour, lunch, get lunch, right, fine. I don't sail. Um, not my thing. He's a Navy guy. God bless. I found out what he did for, I know what he did for a living. He worked for a large general contractor at the end of the lunch. we f- I figured that out. I said, can you introduce me to one of your project managers? Absolutely. A couple of weeks later, we had another lunch. So now I'm invested two lunches. Those two lunches led to over $150,000 in revenue in a two year period. Hmm. Why? Because I put up a video on LinkedIn. He responded to it. He clearly wanted to sell me something I was not interested in buying. I still went to I went to lunch with him, and I asked for something at the end, hundred fifty thousand dollars in revenue over two years.
0: For what? what am I in? A hundred bucks on lunch in total. Right. That this is what fascinates me. Um, one, a couple of hard fast rules in there to unpack. One, don't talk business till they do. Yep. Um, I've just learned that over the years. Fucking talk. Family talk, life talk, vacation talk, whatever. Once they've opened up the door to business, now go business. Yep. Two, every fucking event, set at least two meetings and get the fuck out. Right? There's no point sticking around longer than that. Right? The, um, yeah,
1: uh, find, find a number and do the number. Right? Like, here, like in in life, uh, uh, I think Dale Carnegie talks about this. In life, there are three ways that people respond to a goal. They either it has no impact. They don't give a shit whatever the goal is. They hit the number or they attempt to exceed the number, right? A lot of people are like, Andy, you must be an exceed the number kind of guy. No, I am not. I may hit the number guy, right? That's why I even kind of fumbled with three to five because I want three at a minimum. And to your point, you say two, There's a there's a number. I know after five, I'm not being selective enough. I'm saying yep. yes to everybody and I'm giving away my time. Yep. So if I only, Now, if I say I only have three, like I know, like right now, today is the, the 30th of August. I am booking lunch into October right now, right? Nice. I, I'm going to be selective, right? That means I only got 90 days left on the year. Who do I really want to meet with, right? In those 90 days, and, and there's only so many lunches, right? There's maybe 45 lunches, 40 lunches, depending on what other events I got going on. I only have 40 more lunches this year. Who are the right 40 people? It can't be every single insurance. Like, I got a good insurance guy. I, I'm not interested in sitting now with insurance guys or bankers right now, right? And, unless, you're, unless you're working some deals or, you, you know, if you're a banker that's got, for, you know, for, work foreclosed properties, okay. We got something. If you're just a regular-ass banker, uh, I have a finite amount of lunches I can go to in a, in a, in a month. So, I'm, I'll be more selective. So, I, I wow. do appreciate that. Hit Find a number, hit the number GTFO.
0: Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to hit on very particularly, because I have not seen anybody else do this, but when I sold commercial printing, I would not meet with you to do a one-on-one whatever, unless you came to my facility. Yeah, Because sure. I had 165,000 square foot of print production equipment that you've never fucking seen, yeah, and I'm going to yeah, take you right through all the shit. Yeah,
1: and, and, mm-hmm. Unless you, unless I absolutely like a re- realtors because we do a lot of work with realtors, realtors are the few people that I will meet in their office. The other thing is, most people want to go out and see something and do something new.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: I get all the time. Right, right, right. hundred sixty-five thousand-dollar print facility. I'd be like, hell yeah, I want to. See, I just want to see it. I, it doesn't matter if I buy my little fucking trifold from you, whatever. I want to see how it's made. Like that's interesting to me. Most people, ninety-five percent of people, what I tell them, and as like, I make. The rules, go on my calendar, right? For any, any of your your listeners here, right? you can find me on LinkedIn. You can hit me up directly, awins, A-W-I-N-S, at greenupsolutions.org. When I reply, right in my email signature, it says, let's grab lunch. That's the only thing you could. Right? that's the actionable thing. It's a calendar invite that sets up lunch, and you come to my building. I give you a tour. We go to the butler in. I run the same fucking play every time. Because when I run the same play, I'm being consistent and thorough, and now the only variable is you.
0: Yep. And it's the same conversation, same dialogue. You know how the conversation is going. I mean, it's a beautiful strategy. Like I do everything virtually, right? But every virtual call is going to run the same damn way, and I'm going to control the entire conversation. I'm going to provide you so much fucking stupid value, flip you on your head, get your business rocking and rolling. So at the end, if it fails, I'm five minutes away from the end, and they're instantly like, "Fuck, how do I help you? What do you need?" And I have very specific asks because I need to meet this people yeah. or I need this shared or I need this done. But to get them to ask me how to support me, I'm going to pour so much fucking value into them that they're like, oh, my God, how do I how do I return the favor?
1: Yeah, you know? it, it, Give first mindset. And that, and that is a lesson in life. I was raised up in the church. Right. in this idea that, you know, you've you got to give. Right. Those are that have the most should give the most. And I feel very much that way. And then for me, it's all about knowledge. I've learned all this shit because someone that had more knowledge than me at one point gave me all this shit. Yep. And for people that are newer in networking, right? Figure out a strategy for you. So there's a speaker, Boaz. And I love what you said. Boaz, um, socially meeting people, small talk, not my jam. And I don't give a fuck That's about your thing. wife and kids, the dog, the weather. Just I, I I can't tell you much. I don't care. Anyways, Boaz gave a, a five-step strategy when you get to know people. So the first question, where are you from? Because now you can try to bind. Second question, have you always been from there or where did you originate from? And this is definitely, I think about this in the military. It's like the standard questions we always ask each other, right? Third, third, third question was, uh, what did your parents do for a living? <laughs> Fourth question, what did you dream of doing when you were a kid? Fifth question, what do you do now? And you leave it, even when you say, "What do you do now?" You leave it open ended, not work, right? If you like, you said right now, "Hey, Eddie, what do you do now?" Well, shit, today I'm on a podcast. I'm going to go play volleyball later, right? I'm not. Oh, I do jerk removal and haul throughout the greater, you know, Milwaukee area and serve these counties. No, I would talk about what do I do. And so for me, those five questions was this base of okay, this this is how you can start, and the order matters. In in Germany, for example. It when you go to pubs, public houses, it is, it, it is, uh, uh, socially, uh, inappropriate to ask people what they do for work. Right. Because it doesn't matter if you're sweeping floors or doing surgery. The other day, you're two guys sitting in a bar, girls, right? <laughs> guys, girls, whatever, 2023, 20, gotta be PC. Um, and, 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 and so that's the key. Cause how often do we go into networking events? And the first thing, what do you do? Right. So the other strategy I implement is Simon Snick's, um, Begin with why. So in the Simon Sinek's begin with why, right? He has why, how, what. And then I go even a step further. Who, what, when, right? Or who, 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 where, when, right? So let's break this down Barney style, right? We're going to start. This is a circular diagram for people listening. Just follow the bouncy ball, right? We're going to start with when, right? Time is now, right? So we have our time, right? Date, time, group, military time, right? When, now, where, we're physically in the same location, right? So we check the two first two boxes. Who, well, who are you? All right, Donnie, you're Donnie, I'm Manny. We check that box, right? Now, often people get to the what and they stop there. Well, what is it you do? That's the, that is the that is is question ever, right? And then it's how and then why. So what I do is I understand those first three things already set in stone. Where, you know, when, now, where, here, who, you. Got it done. Now, I don't ask what you do. First question I ask is
0: why do you do what you do? Great question. I I, I recently, I liked his stack as well. I love it. But there was another one that I heard recently that I really want to try. And this is from a billionaire friend of mine. Uh, And he said, this is the thing that helped him get furthest along with this one question is what matters to you right now? Mm, Good question. And it's just so open-ended that he's like, every time I've asked that of somebody, and uh, I've, I've heard things come back to me like, you know, my kid's baseball or, you know, my daughter's doing this. Oftentimes, it's not even work related, but it opens a door for you to help them with something that matters to them right now. And I just thought it was a brilliant question.
1: No, and I love that. What matters to you right now right, is similar to what is your why. Right? It's yep. in that vein of and – and I love it. What matters to you right now? I wrote it down. first thing I thought of is often in networking, when you give permission to people to talk, they will divulge information that they, they maybe haven't even told their best friend. Yep. Yep. And then often they'll, they'll say something like, Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that out loud. It's was like, well, what can I do for it? Right. Like, let's say you have an alien uh, family member or loved one. Like, what matters to you right now? Oh, my mom's getting old and she's got dementia. And da, 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 da. Right. And you're like, huh? Wow. That is, that is some very deep seated personal things. Yep. And people, people want to get it out
0: dude i did this yesterday i had a gal that i jumped on a zoom call with and runs a very 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 successful uh certification company um tons of staff tons of employees she's the ceo we're talking and i said so how are things and i was expecting her to come back for me on business and she instantly said well my mom's dying and we went for i gave her five to ten minutes dude just to fucking, i'm like you know, no. And I, my exact words was, is nobody tells you that life happens as you run a business. And she goes, God, you got that right. And she got all teary eyed, but I gave her a moment because I, I was totally empathetic. I'd be fucking crushed if my mom was dying. Right. There's, yeah. other, You know, but it's it's that thing. And you said it earlier when you said. There's more of a bond to people that are building businesses and doing all this stuff because we're in the trenches together. Like if if I get you successful, my business is going to be impacted from it. Right. So there's mm-hmm. this it, it's it, I love the comparison with your when you talked about, you know, hanging out, your supposed best friend guy. Right. I've got a group of friends that I've been friends with for 35 fucking years. Right. When I go just hang out with them, we don't talk business. I don't talk about anything that we're doing. We go tell all the stupid stories and shit we did grow up or the stupid things we want to go try because they're never going to understand. And I can tell you, I've made relationships that are so much closer to people that've been building their own businesses, because it's almost like that unwritten bro code or whatever. Like, yeah, I see you, I get it, right? You, you've been through the shit. I, I, I know that look. You know, um, it it just absolutely changes the game. It's, well, bro-
1: it's, it's 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 no different, right? Even what binds us, right? When you're military, it's that we've we've embraced the same suck together. Yeah, you know that old adage, like you don't want to get to know somebody walk a mile in their shoes. When you're an entrepreneur. We all we all wear the same boots at some point, right? And it is that roller coaster of suck, embrace the suck and find people to enjoy the suck with you.
0: And that- when you
1: do that, they'll appreciate it. Because when you're not an entrepreneur, you 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 can't appreciate it. It's not a, not a knock, it's not a fault. It's just you can't appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And I can tell you, I love the phrase and I wish I knew who said it first, but it's a like, game recognizes game. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody who's done the things that either you're trying to do or you guys have it already knowing cause you can just tell that they've been through the shit right. Game recognizes game. And, and there, there's a lot of conversations that'll be had that aren't even verbal at that point. You know, um, yeah. I, literally I was at an event down in Atlanta and we'll wrap it up with this. Um, yeah. and at the event, there was some very successful people, way, way, I mean, I was such a small fish in this freaking pond. And I was, there was a bunch of people that were also my level around there. And We knew who the big movers and shakers were, and you could watch the desperation of somebody going up and talking to these movers and shakers, because the mannerisms of the person who had done the thing would change off of the conversation. You could tell when somebody walked up to him and was was coming up to him from the student perspective, because the the we'll call him an influencer easier to say the influencer would lean into the conversation right and there'd be a dialogue to happen versus somebody who came up who was trying to impress the influencer they would lean back and you could see them all their mannerisms and everything changes right it's mm. it's it's game recognizes game be the student and all this and brother we can talk about this shit all fucking day long um and dive into this. Um, I want to bring you as much value as possible, and I want to do something that you made me do on your show. I want your biggest takeaway from today, because I thought that was fucking rad on your show. So, uh, the, Give the name of both your podcasts really quick. What are both your podcasts?
1: Uh, the Welcome Home Podcast, the transformation from troops and boots to veterans in the civilian world. And the other one is the Trash Talk Business Podcast, where we dive into the world of business through the lens of a junk removal company. Uh, Chris Kalenda, shout out he was a coach of mine uh from sla strategic leadership academy every single time every call every time i talk to him he always says what's your biggest takeaway and so now i've implemented that last shout out of the day uh one uh we'll do like pti one alibi correction uh this is according to the google the boondocks tv series 2005 regina king uh and hugh, uh, what do you call it hugh Freeman, um, uh, Riley says, "Game recognizes grand game granddad." So that's the first time. It's also in the Dictionary. So there we go boondocks. I don't know if that was the first one. That's that's the one top of Google. So we did the research. Um, uh, shout out or top takeaway uh, for me is exactly that. Game recognizes game. When you show up as an A player, A people will attract to you. I also love what you said. Um, that often business owners that aren't salespeople that that aren't comfortable selling or they haven't figured out they're the ones hugging the walls. Uh, My grandma always said, find the person with the most need and give them everything you got. And even though there are business owners out there that you think have all the answers, they do not. Often when they're at networking events, they got a thousand things in their head and they are are waiting for someone to talk to them that is not an employee of theirs. They want to talk to another adult. And so I love that. I was absolutely of the opinion like, oh – when I first walked in the room, it's like, oh, the people hanging on the walls—they're just like the socially awkward ones that don't want to be here. No, they need to be there, and they need to feel accepted and appreciated. And I love what you said. I go to those guys first, and then also, right, philanthropically, I want them to have a good time. I want to introduce them people. But money—chances are, right—they they, they have the—they are the ones with the deep pockets. They are the ones buying. They are the ones evaluating the room to feel like who's good enough to talk to me, not yep. the other way around. So that is my takeaway. Um, go be the A player. Don't hesitate to reach out to those that aren't already reaching out.
0: Yeah, and then I'm just going to add mine because I thought it was really a brilliant move. Yes. Is, I love the five questions. Where are you from? where did you originate from? What'd your parents do? Uh, uh, what'd you want to be as a kid? And the final one, what do you do now? I thought that was, I just... You hear so many of these freaking statements of how to open up a conversation. They're usually some generic bullshit. I like that framework, so that's good shit. Brother, what's the best way for people get in touch with you? I'm assuming LinkedIn, but... LinkedIn. Hit me on the LinkedIn. Uh, Also, uh, AndyWines.com. So
1: A-N-D-Y-W-E-I-N-S.com. You can do everything, including booking lunch with me there. All the things are there. Absolutely.
0: Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us at Success Champions.